This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. atmosphere and in his presence just have a seat and I just want to share now and we'll do the other stuff in a little bit team you can you're welcome to stay musicians vocalists you can you can go down for a minute I'll need my bible please my, and uh, maybe yeah it's and, uh, yeah, yeah yeah and the whole thing yeah There's, there's something on the idea of us saying something, speaking something, getting in line with what God is saying and repeating it. Say this after me. Nothing happens in the kingdom until something is said. The worlds weren't created until Jesus said something. Say this, something needing to happen is waiting to be spoken to. Something needing to happen in your life is waiting to be spoken to. It's waiting for you to speak to it. It's waiting for for a, a pastor to speak to it. It's waiting for your friend to speak to it. Something that needs to happen in your life is literally sitting there waiting for you to say something. And in the season that we're in right now with the services that we have, and at the end of this is, this is a point where you can really be excited about. This is the, our fast is over. Now, right there was the power of agreement because I heard word, I, most of the words I heard was the word yes. So there's power and agreement. But let me tell you where the power lied. The power, it, it, the, the power was from day one, day 12, day 17, day 26, when it was really hard at day 31. See, the power comes not just because, because we accomplished something, a goal. The power comes because we all did something together. There was a unity in spirit. Even though you did something different than me, we all fasted um, a- according to what the Lord was calling our church to do. And that's why we were able to enter into such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful time of refreshing with the Lord. And we had different guest ministers in and God did so much. But he's setting us up for 2018. I just want to share a few minutes with you because I feel like we've got to... We have to capitalize 
on the thing that God is doing. We need to capitalize upon even what took place Wednesday, Thursday, and particularly on Friday night. And so I was in prayer yesterday just saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? I didn't even have a thought of, of what to speak on or anything during the week. I just said, I want to hear uh, the prophet and I want to, I want to hear. And, and the Lord reminded me of two passages of scripture and I just want to read them to you uh, and go through it right now. In Luke chapter 17, uh, verse five, if you'll go there with me, I'm reading first in the New American Standard. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Jesus just said something to them that challenged them. And in order for them to accomplish the will of God, their response to Jesus as a group, the apostles, not one apostle. This is in the gospel of Luke, but it's not Luke, the apostle. It's interesting. They were said disciples earlier and then apostles here. Is the apostles as in plural increase what? My faith or our faith? Our. He said something, and their response together was as a group increase our faith. It wasn't a me issue, it was an our issue. Unless we get it, Jesus, unless we get it together, it's not going to happen. It's not enough just for Luke himself to get it or Peter himself to get it and go build his great ministry. No, it says increase our faith. And look at what Jesus said in verse 6. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to the smallberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. That's a pretty cool word. If you increase our faith, and Jesus says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, mustard seeds are really tiny. They're one of the tiniest seeds in all the things. If you do this, if you have faith just that small, okay, then you could say to this tree to be uprooted and, and then planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I mean, that's powerful. And, and, and I'm sure, like me, you've read this scripture and tried to apply it to your life. I need to have, if I could just have enough faith, God will do this miracle for me. If I just had enough faith, God could do this. But, but I want to, to show you that this scripture means a whole lot more than maybe what you saw before. I want to read it in the King James Version because the several English, especially American English uh, versions, have, have made it more common speak to us. And it just so happens that not in Greek and not in Aramaic, but in English, it happens that we have a word that is the same word in its singular and its plural tense. And so I want to show you what the King James Version says right here. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. There's the plural again, the apostles plural, and increase our faith. And look what the next verse says. And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. In King James English, ye is plural and you is singular. If you go to the Greek here, 
the Greek word that's translated in originally in King James. And when we went to New American Standard and New Living Translation, all this, we just used the word you. And it's true. It's grammatically correct. However, you can read that as if you as an individual just had faith like a mustard seed. You as an individual could say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you as an individual. But the Greek context here is you plural. So if you, in, in Columbus, we're in the Midwest. I'm learning to be a Midwesterner. They say that Columbus is the first major city of the Midwest. You just keep going west and you get Indianapolis, you know, Chicago, you know, the, the big Midwest, you know, full of planes and not P-L-A-N-E, not that kind of plane. Full of corn and nothing. The Midwest. In the east and in the south, they have a word, they have words for you plural in slang. Y'all. In Pittsburgh, they say yins. Yins. In, in, in New Jersey and in New York, they say use guys. So if Jesus is speaking to New Yorkers, he says, he would say, if use guys had faith like this, you guys could say something and it would happen. It would not be you singular. There's such power when we all say the same thing together. When we all believe the same thing together. When we all worship with the same words together. And we're engaged in worship and in praise. There's power that's released that you can't get on your own in your own prayer closet. Because there's a scripture about the used guys, the yins and the y'all. That just isn't there when we read it in the English language and we think he's just talking about me. If I could just do it on my own. In verse 6, when he says, he's basically saying it this way. If you all together have faith, so you have, you have, the plural you, okay? The you have in the Greek, it means four things. I just want to tell you what that means because you see it in many scriptures of what Jesus said that we think he's talking just about me, little old me, and he's talking about, no, his body, like he said, the disciples said, increase our faith. Here's what I mean. There's four things. First of all, you have to recognize this. The you have there. If you have, it means this in the Greek. First, it's a verb. What? Okay, now we're into English. What is a verb? An action or, or something else. State of being. A verb. So first we have to recognize this word here is an action. It's not passive. It's active. It's, and it's a state of being. It's not just sitting on the chair. It's like, it's a state of being. This you have, if you have something, you've got it. It's like, I have a state of being, like my wallet is filled with dollars or it's empty. It's a state of being. I'm in a state of having $1,000 on me or $50 on me or $1 on me. The second thing in the Greek here is it's present tense. It's not past tense. It's present tense. 
And anytime Jesus talks in present tense, that means it's continually happening. If it was present for the disciples 2,000 years ago, it's present for you and I today. When he talks in past tense, that's past tense. It's about something that happened. But Jesus is addressing the church in present tense. The third thing is that it is the imperative mood. What's an imperative mood in English? Is it a request? It's a command. Say command. The imperative mood is a command. It's make your bed. Not if you feel like it. If you have time, could you please fold your clothes? Fold your clothes. It's an imperative mood. And this is what Jesus is saying. It, this is a command that he's telling us. It's not a, oh, if you just, you know, you know, just could muster up enough little mustard seed. No, it's a command. It's not a request. It's not like, it's nice if you guys, when you came to church, it would be nice if you did this. And the fourth thing is that it's second person plural, which is what I touched on originally. It's second person plural. It's you as in y'all, yins, yous guys, or you. Not I need you to do something. I need you to do something. So what happens when churches all across the world or just let's just talk about our city what happens churches in westerville and greater columbus area what happens when churches just here start saying the same thing together in a in a we mentality when we fast together there's power that's released and glory that comes then just more than if I fast myself. Me fasting for you and you all fasting for we all. Much greater power. So I don't want to end the fast going back to singular mentality. In prayer yesterday, when I was asking the Lord what to share... I felt like, my goodness, if we just go back to me, little old me, thinking, my schedule, I'm planning center. You know, uh, you know, my schedule doesn't work out for me to do guest services or for me to sing that week or for me because me, me, me. If we start thinking of we, 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 and we say the church needs something because people are going to get saved today, so I've got to say yes because people matter and my city is changing. I've got to be at prayer. I can't miss prayer. You mean you want me late for church? I can't be late for worship because we matter. There's something about all of us together being a part and saying something. There's power in we. Here's the other thing Jesus is saying, and I know this will ruffle your feathers. He's saying this. You, as an individual, you can't even handle mustard seed faith. It takes we to handle that kind of faith. The actual Greek says this. 
Well, it, I'm going to read another scripture. It says the same thing. I read another scripture. And the disciples say something. And Jesus says, have faith in God. And we say, we say it like that in English, have faith in God. But the original in uh, uh, the Aramaic and the Greek is translated this way. Have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. In other words, individually, you can't even handle, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle mustard seed on your own. Mustard seed, the faith of God is a we. The faith of God needs to be handled by we. It needs to be an us mentality. Now, yes, later in scripture, there's actually another scripture in another gospel uh, that I'll touch on in a minute here. And Mark sells a similar story. And that one is actually singular. So there actually is times that singularly on your own, you can say to a mountain, be moved, and it's moved. Absolutely. You can say to the mountain of depression in your life, be moved, and you have that authority. But this time, in this passage, it's not talking about you on your own, honey. It's talking about we together as the body. And there's a power in we speaking together. Have anybody like sushi? Anybody like wasabi? Yeah. Wasabi. Just say it. It sounds fun. Wasabi. If you order sushi for the family, they'll have dollops of wasabi. Even if there's five people eating, there's like five dollops of wasabi. If you go and you have five people eating guacamole, it's a bowl of guacamole. Right? So you could take a tortilla chip. Now I'm talking about food, but I'm allowed to. You could take a tortilla chip and you can dip it in a, I mean, you could just take a tablespoon of guacamole, put that on and just devour it. Oh, so good. And you can go in for another one. You can't do that with wasabi. Because you can't handle the table, the wee amount of wasabi. It's so powerful that in a little bit, it does so much. And as a matter of fact, if you misuse it, honey, you've ruined your dinner. And you're in the bathroom. And it's hot everywhere. You can't handle, you can't handle that much. Jesus is saying, you as an individual can't handle this kind of faith. But you as a people can. You as a group of 12 can. And when you get it together, guys, you're going to change the world upside down. And here's what he says. He says, you could say to this sycamine tree or mulberry tree, okay? Same word. Sycamore, mulberry, same tree, basically. It just so happens that that tree has a really lengthy root system. As a matter of fact, of all the trees Jesus could have picked out, he picked one whose roots go very deep. So here's what he says. I am in this state of being. I'm deeply planted in something. I'm not moving. It's dirt. Dirt doesn't move unless you dig it, unless you shovel it, right? It's stable. It's there. This You can, in your prayer life, if you guys agree together, you can say to something that's deeply rooted to be uprooted. And planted into the ocean, the sea, water. Now, here's the thing. It's the opposite of dirt. Dirt is solid. It doesn't move unless you dig it. It's staying there. 
It's rooted in something. And you're going to put it in something that's wishy-washy and flowy. It's a whole other dimension. And then it can actually be planted into the sea, into the roots there, while the waves are moving. And it can be planted there. In other words, there's a whole dimension of something here in your life going on. And we together have the power of taking something that's happening in one dimension and actually picking it up and putting it into another dimension. But you can't do that by yourself. Some things you can, but some things you can't. It takes we, the power of we, to go from here to here. Sometimes... Anybody have family members who are not saved? Sometimes it takes we, when we pray together for the lost, and we take somebody that's rooted in darkness, and we take them from a dimension of darkness, and through the power of prayer, we actually take them into the dimension of light. And they come to know Jesus. Sometimes, if you are in such a dire, straight situation, and it's rooted in your life, your business has crumbled, it's failed, you are ready to go bankrupt, you are um, completely unstable in your life, you are addicted to something, whatever it is, it's deeply rooted. Your addiction goes so deep. Your daddy was addicted to it. Your mommy was addicted to it. Their mommy and their daddy. And all this seems to just be something that's in your family and all of that. It's so deeply rooted that it takes we to say, be uprooted. That's what Jesus said. Be uprooted. Say uprooted. Uprooted and planted into the sea of grace and mercy and freedom and forgiveness. Sometimes, sometimes pain is so deep in somebody's life that it takes us to say be uprooted and planted into the sea of peace this is the dimension of humanity and the sea is the dimension of the lord where everything's there so if you're in it perfect love casts out all fear so if you're deeply rooted in fear you can be planted in the sea of love and when it goes from one dimension to the other You are now living, literally planted into a new dimension. It's planted in the sea. It's not not taken to the sea to be washed away. No, it's actually planted into the river, the ocean, the sea of a loving God. Forever to remain and grow and live. So he's not destroying your life. He's actually replanting your life into his dimension rather than staying in your dimension. And you can wallow in your own agony year after year after year. Or you can allow the Lord to replant you into His dimension. That's the power. I'm just going to touch on one other scripture and I'm going to close. If you just go over to another example of this in uh, Mark uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So just turn back to Mark 11. How does Jesus uproot something and plant something into a new dimension? 
I have no idea. And thank God, he doesn't require me to know in order for it to happen. On Friday, I'm going to be on an airplane. All I need to know is that I'm going to get into my seat. And it's going to, and then it's, the plane's going to take off and I'm going to land. I don't need to know how the pilot does it. And I don't need to know how the engineers who designed the plane do it. I just have faith that when I sit in my seat, I'm going to take off and I'm going to land safely in another dimension, in another state. I'm not going to stay in Columbus. I'm going to leave Columbus and I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't need to know how. But if you are just stuck on how, you're never going to get planted in the sea. The whole time Jesus is trying to move you, you're going to be like, how are you doing this, Lord? No, you need to tell me first. I'm going to leave one root over here because I don't trust you. Okay, one one more scripture. Mark 11, New King James right here in, in verse 12. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. He was a man. He was hungry. Say hungry. He wasn't hangry though. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, he's a man, but he's God. So Jesus knows what season he's in, right? He knows if it's fall or winter. The Bible says that 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 wasn't the season for figs, but Jesus still went looking for figs. So is he not smart enough? No. Is he not God? Did he not know? Didn't he even make the fig tree? Didn't he know that there wouldn't be figs? So, so there's interesting thing here. He's hungry and the, the fig tree had what on it? leaves so what does that what was the fig tree saying to jesus having leaves it says if you dig in here baby you're gonna find fruit if it didn't have leaves he could just see that there was no fruit so jesus went to perhaps find fruit the scripture says but he found no fruit and so the tree uh, it says that it's out of season. No, no season for it. So, so he says this very interesting thing in verse 14. In response, in the King James, it says this. Jesus answered the tree. That tells me the tree was talking. The tree's saying something. The tree, by having all these leaves, is saying, I got figs. So Jesus comes to it. He finds no figs. He's hungry, so he says something. And the disciples are hearing it. He's not talking to the disciples. It just says they they overheard it. He says, you're cursed. Now it's done. And look what happens next. They go and they do an assignment. And then just a few verses later, they're coming back. They're coming back the same way. In the morning, verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Here's the final point of this. I'll teach more on it maybe in a couple weeks, but here's the final point. 
Jesus had already for it was a done deal, the tree. He cursed it. He moved on. He didn't think twice. He's walking past it. He doesn't look at the tree. Be, why? Because he knows that what he said happened. The disciples were just astonished. And Peter's like, look, Jesus, look, it really did happen. And he, because to Jesus, it was a done deal. That fig tree had leaves all on it in one day. And Jesus cursed it. He left. He, it was a done deal. He knew it was going to be, all the leaves were going to fall off. And that thing was going to be, be shriveled up. But the disciples didn't. They just heard it. But when they came back through, the disciples said, look at what happened, Jesus. Look. And he's like, have faith in God. And this is where the scripture is clearly defined. Have the faith of God. So I'm going to close right now. Put your hand on your heart. And we'll pick up on this in a couple weeks. Father, I pray that you seal the word over your people. And that we as a church would have the faith of God. And when we speak to something, we're not surprised when it happens. But like Jesus, because we'll have the faith of God, the mind of God, like Jesus, we will know that when we pray it, it's already done. And we don't have to even wonder if it happened. We could walk away knowing that when we pray for healing, that it's done. We can walk away knowing that when we pray for blessing, that it's done. That when we pray for deliverance, it's done. And salvation, it's done. In Jesus' name, amen.